The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Palm Springs, California, and I'm so delighted that you're here because tonight we have my friend and best-selling author, Dr. David Jay, with us tonight. We are getting down to some really basic stuff about the law of attraction and health, and I think it's going to solve a lot of issues for some people. Before that, though, let's talk about this incredible cruise coming up. I'm getting so excited. It's in February 2017. Now, February is a cold month in the north, and it is extremely delightful in the south. It's not hurricane season, no rough weather, and the last time I was in the Bahamas was in... uh, Uh, the late October of 2011, and it was so hot. I couldn't even enjoy being out. So I'm really looking forward to February, where the weather in the Bahamas and out of Miami is absolutely delightful. And we're still in the process of putting our speaker list together, but (laughs) we couldn't have a cruise without our wonderful Constance Arnold. Dr. Michael Mosley is coming on board to talk with you in person, and I just love Michael. He is so mind-blowing accurate with his highly energized intuition. It's really, really profound and It's just amazing. You've got to meet this guy in person. And we also have the Beagleson brothers coming back and they're bringing their incredible microscope to show you what your blood is revealing about you, your health, and any stuck emotions. This is vital to having a clean bill of health. And, of course, we have the wonderful Cassie Parks, who's got the owner's suite on the ship, and she's having a few get-togethers in her cabin. Then we have the incredible motivational speaker, Coach Mark. Oh, wow. He is so powerful. He's going to get you from being stuck to moving forward. And, of course, you have me, and this time I'm going to be teaching you how to develop your own intuition. Now, if money is an issue, then I would love to suggest a few things. First, take the action step by signing up and registering immediately. Now, the deposit is 150 but If you send me an email, then I will work with you to get the deposit down significantly. Send me an email at jules at loaradionetwork.com. Also, if you contact me about the cruise, I will give you the money activation MP3 for free to assist you in putting together all your funds for the cruise. Then, after that, go to CassieParksManifest10k.com and sign up for her wonderful course in which you will manifest $10,000 in just 90 days. And you know what? It really, really works. It is a great course. As I have said many times on this show, money is simply energy. And it's so easy to manifest money compared to anything else. Signing up and going on this cruise will show you what a powerful creator you are. And the new friends you make, well... Oh my goodness, you're just going to love it because when you're with like-minded people, you will actually feel your vibration completely raise up. The lessons you will learn on this cruise will change your life forever. So go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash cruise. I can promise you that we're going to have the best time that you can imagine. So join us. 
Now, the latest and greatest issue of Law of Attraction magazine is now available for you to read for free. It has Anita Morjani on the cover, and we have got some really, really tremendous articles. Did you know that your thoughts about your body started when you were just a baby? <laughs> it's a great article by Body Image Coach Stephanie Wood. And my friend Sandy Swartz wrote a brilliant article on how to teach children about the law of attraction. And then the Beagleson brothers wrote another brilliant article on how emotions show up in the blood. Just not one emotions, but a whole bunch of them. And I did a hypnosis session on Josh Beagleson, who did the before and after blood images to show how effective the session was. And it was so interesting to see how the mind responds to hypnosis and even meditation. I've never seen documentation like this before. I was really impressed. Then we have a great feng shui article on how and why it's necessary to clear your house of all sentimental clutter. <laughs> it's so great. It made me recycle lots of my old family items and it really freed my mind of the past. We also have some great articles by Sovereign Self host Martin Neal Campbell, as well as Julie Ryan and our champagne living coach, Cassie Parks. It's just really a great issue. Now, our next issue isn't out until October 1st with Colette Baron-Reed on the cover. And our December 1st issue is our tribute and conversation with Dr. Wayne Dyer about life after life. If you want to be in these issues and promote your business, especially during the holiday season, well, you'll want to talk to Gina, who handles all of the sales. She will give you an incredible deal if you just tell her that you happen to be a listener. So let's just take a fast break here, and then we're going to be right back with my friend, Dr. David Che. Stay tuned. Did you know that every human uses only a small portion of their powerful mind? Jules Johnson, International Certified Hypnotherapist, wants to introduce you to your powerful mind in order to create your dream life. In as little as one session, Jules guides you into releasing limiting beliefs that keep you from achieving wealth, health, better relationships, and even true love. Schedule a session in Palm Springs or set up a Skype video session for those nationally and internationally. Jules would love to serve as your guide into living your dreams. Go to creativeguidedimagery.com or call 951-201-2166. That's creativeguidedimagery.com. Well, welcome back, Dr. David Che to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I am thrilled to have you once again, my friend. I'm thrilled to be back on the show as always talk about you know, health, wellness, the law of attraction, and Chinese medicine. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And we've had um, such great response uh, by having you on my show once a month. People are just really enjoying it. So I am um, absolutely delighted that you are here and giving so much wisdom. So, um, David, let's, you know, I had a couple of questions. Okay. that um, I wanted to ask you first right off the bat because, um, you know, I told you that it's real difficult for me to eat meat. It just doesn't yeah. make me feel good. Okay. So it, what can I do besides eating meat? Because I know that you were saying, you know, if my hands are cold or my feet yeah. are cold, would that indicate that something else could be going mm -hmm. wrong? Or is it a thyroid problem? Or is it something? What, what do you think? Well, it could, be, it could definitely be a thyroid issue. Um, the, it, I mean, cold hands and feet, as I mentioned in our last broadcast, and I went into pretty much a lot of detail on that. Yeah, uh, it was that, good. That, yeah, in that version. But going back to um, kind of what we said before, cold hands and feet, it can set you up. It means there's definitely parts in your body that aren't working properly, especially your heart and large and small intestine. And so if these aren't treated 
uh, the hands to feet stay cold, it can lead eventually to you know a number of different illnesses or diseases. I see. Yeah. And, and 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 so when you say you're eating meat, what kind of meat? I mean, I know it was a big jump, you know, to go from not eating meat to eating meat. So what kind of meats did you start with? Was it like a steak or something, or like? Yeah, meat, steaks, uh, okay. and I did, um, of course, chicken. Yeah. But it it just it, it's just I can't do it. I I just cannot eat animals. It just makes me emotionally not right I just feel bad when I eat it so it's it's bigger hurdle for me to get over so is there anything I can do besides eating meat I mean I mean are you eating eggs though uh yeah I I have I haven't been doing that lately I'll never yeah. eat bacon okay. um but so eggs yeah I can eat that and, the, but and, the, and, the, and what about see uh fish yeah, I do like I do like fish, wild fish. I won't eat farm fish. Okay, and then what about salmon? Oh salmon? yeah, okay. oh yeah, yeah. I do that, but it has to be wild. So, um, what is is that just what I need? I mean, or can I should not go to the uh, all vegetarian or vegan diet? No, no, no. And and, and I'll tell you what. Um, you know, I can't speak for all monks, you know, but I know Buddhist monks that are supposedly vegetarian. Uh-huh. They have to at least survive on eggs, too. They need eggs also. So that's that. the protein? Yeah, that's the big protein. I mean, I tell people, if you re I mean, I, I encourage people to have to add some protein to their diet, the meats, you know, like animal meats. You know, it builds up your heat in your body. Your um, It makes your hands and feet warmer. Your heart temperature goes up. But, I mean, if, you know, if push comes to shove, I mean, you got to at least have eggs. Okay. That, that, that is like a huge, huge uh, protein um, must. What about like peanut butter? Isn't peanuts, isn't that protein? It's all, it's all protein, but, you know, and I can't scientifically explain it, but like animal protein gives you something that the nuts and the beans, you know, although they're good, it adds another element of something that you can't get from those. And so uh, eggs are not, I mean, it's not the chicken itself, but it comes from the animal. The animal produces it, and it's really um, there's something special about the egg. Okay. And you know the eggs are like you know, it's packed with nutrients and and the animal protein that you that we all need. Okay. Yeah. So, w and I know that uh, a lot of vegetarians listen to the show, primarily because right now they're finding out all these antibiotics and things that they're putting into the animals and really the animals are some of them in this manufacturing um, meat plants yeah. are being treated so bad it, isn't it true that we would be picking up their vibration of fear and and everything or is that a myth um i wouldn't say it's exactly a myth um but i wouldn't at the same time at the same time i wouldn't um Say that we'll pick, we're picking up their fears or anything like that. You know, it's, it's like the dental. I, I hear that a lot. The dental amalgam controversy with the silver fillings. They say how it causes all these problems. You know, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, does dental fillings, silver fillings, really cause people to go crazy? I wouldn't say that, but at the same time, I wouldn't say that they're perfect either. Okay. You know, it's kind of like there's, there's a middle ground to this whole this whole thing. And you know, and I understand. I totally have read the part, the, the point of view of. Uh, with the animals and things of the sort, I definitely get it. Um, and if you're willing to spend a little extra money, like you said, there's the uh, the special kind of fish you prefer to get, right? Mm -hmm. The wild, wild fish, yeah. Fish. And then um, I guess with grass-fed beef, which is better, you know, a little right. more expensive, but it's more better quality. But, and hard uh, to find nowadays as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And then when you find it, it's expensive. Yeah. Hard yeah. To get. Yeah, but I I said that with you know. At the same time, I um, mean, you know, we're living in a more, I mean, we're past the age where we're all farmers and, you know, growing our own food and everything. We're more of a modernized society where, you know, our food producers are producing for the mass market, for, you know, the mass population. And so, um, um, you know, I definitely can see their point of view with the, the animal thing. But at the same time, um, if we're living in a high stress environment, and I, I need to really stress this too, not to quote stress, but um, again, I don't know how to scientifically explain this, but. And when we're body, when our bodies are dealing with more stress, like we have, we have a high stress life, mm -hmm. we actually need um, more animal protein to deal with the stress. 
it's weird. Like 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 for example, if if you're like uh, if you if you if you do, if you get if you left the home life they call it in California or whatever they call it, and you went to become a Buddhist or your monk or anything, uh-huh. you're able to get away quote quote with not eating animal protein a lot because you've given away all your possessions. You're you're living the life of you know of an aesthetic, you right. know, and so you're not dealing with the days the daily life daily grind of working you know doing the kind of jobs that normal people are used to. So you're able to get away, quote, quote, get away with just the vegan diet. But when you're living a life, let's say, you you know, all, all the kinds of jobs that we do in daily life, dealing with stress, you know, and things of the sort, in order to our bodies to effectively deal with that, we have to have some animal protein. That's kind of not discussed a lot, and people get that mixed up. You know, they're, they're like, well, I could just, you know, get, uh, animal pro- I'm sorry, um, plant protein is the same. But I'm here to tell you, and again, everybody has their own opinion, but when you're living in the a normal modern lifestyle and you're working, everybody's working hard and doing you know doing the job you're supposed to be doing, and you're not in the monastery, you're not in the monk. You okay. need animal protein. You have to have some, and whether it's regular meat or just or at least the very least eggs, your body has to have that. Okay. You know, and, and if you're if you're doing athletics, any kind of athlete, any kind of sports, um, people are kind of probably going to beg to differ, but you need the animal protein to give you the strength. Like animal protein gives you that energy, that the power. You know. Uh- Okay, but I just want to toss this out to you, you being the law of attraction expert and all. If it's all about vibration, Uh and if I'm feeling the vibration of the animal, be Uh it true or not, wouldn't Mm -hmm. that affect my health if I'm not feeling good about it? Um, I'm just talking law of attraction. (laughs) Well, the way the... And, and I, the way I was taught, and especially with the Buddha supposedly passed down, because you know the you know Buddhism, you're supposed to be vegetarian when you become a monk, right? Right. The Buddha had kind of said, I mean, because he knows at the rate where we're going, we're living the modern lifestyle, we're, we're coming to that, and he said, um, you can eat meat, but you you can't you you, you don't you, you don't want to be the one responsible for killing the animal. Right. You see what I mean? So that's like you're not the person that's responsible for killing it, but you can eat it. And so, you know, law of attraction wise. I guess everybody. I mean, I mean, because because I, I guess because you've been vegan so long, you you think about more that you. I guess it's more on your mind than the regular person. Right. Right. So you think about it more. It's more. It's, it's you're more aware of it. I guess that's what we're saying. Right. So someone that has been eating meat all their life, they wouldn't think twice about that. You know? True. So, so it's definitely because it's been so ingrained in you for so long. That's why it's difficult for you to meet. I don't. I don't know if it's so much your body can't take it. I think it's more of a mental block. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm yeah. sure. I have no yeah. doubts about it. <laughs> I have no doubts about it. And I, and I'm probably I can adapt to it, but it's emotionally that I think that's where a lot of vegetarians and vegans are. Is that emotionally they cannot eat something that's you know been roaming yeah. the earth or is something that's been trimmed treated so um badly <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i mean, I mean one, one of the reasons i even bought that up and why we ha- i decided to talk about the six criteria and then in the last you know um conference call we had and that was because i've met a lot of vegetarians quote quote yeah and 99.9 percent if not 100 percent and i'm you know it's so hard to find someone that wasn't but virtually all of them have the cold hands and feet really yeah and i haven't seen them being out like sun and they need a coat still. Like where, I'm, where I'm like sweating because they don't have that. They don't understand the concept of meat. You know, I don't know if it's this coincidence too that the word meat and the word heat rhyme with each other. Yeah. <laughs> heat and heat. So I tell them, I explain what, I, what we talk about to, the, you know, to them. I'm like, listen, in order to, for the body to function right, it has to have heat. And in order to have heat, you have to have meat. So meat produces heat. It's the way that we remember it. You know, okay. and so I think some people just take the vegetarian thing a l- kind of a little too far because if you think about it I mean I, I get it you know we're in the modern society people think about the animals and everything I, I definitely get it but if you take us back to like way back when we were like cavemen you know when we were living in, uh, in huts or in caves or whatever you know n- the woman took care of the children and I guess the man would go out and hunt for food yeah he bought back he'd bring back some plant food and everything but the main catch was the animal sure they, they come home and you all see the scenes of them roasting in the fire over the fire and that, that's how we survived. We lived on animal protein for a long, long time. Sure, but it wasn't yeah, yeah. manufactured. Yes, yes. So that's the difference. It wasn't yeah. full of 
antibiotics and yep. hormones and uh, it wasn't a big business no no so that's where the manufacturing plates uh places with meat is is just very it yeah. just doesn't seem healthy to me every day yeah. if we really went out there in alaska and, and shot something yeah. then one they're they're wild and they're healthier yeah. So no, I, in I, I that respects, I could uh, I could totally understand, but this is just it's turned the point where money is kind of more important than the health of the people and what they're eating, and that's true with GMOs yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, like I said I read I've I studied all points of it, you know. Um, I, I, everybody is <laughs> entitled to what they want, you know, to do. Oh and, sure. But yeah. I, I was telling people, I mean, at least at the very least, have eggs. Okay. And, and and you know if if your if your hands and feet are warming up, um, that's you're in the right direction. But if your hands and feet are cold, that's really not a good sign for the body. Okay, yeah. but eating eggs, that thing about cholesterol, no longer applies. That, that 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 that's not even true. I mean, I can I can pull up tons of information for you how that that's just that was a a whole that, that that's a that's actually probably a good topic for a whole topic for a whole phone conference. Really. That's the cholesterol myth. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can give you. A, I mean, I think it was, you know, a little teaser about it, and that was way back in the day. President Eisenhower, he was a hero of World War II, then became president. Right. You know? And then he was really healthy. Always ate a balanced diet, quote unquote balanced diet for breakfast. He ate bacon, eggs, all the stuff that we think are bad. Yeah. And then uh, he ate that all the time. His 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 health was fine. And then all of a sudden, around that time, and there's a whole story behind this, you know. Um, the, the cholesterol thing came out. It was a money-making scheme. The cholesterol thing came out about how oh, you can't eggs are bad for you. Cholesterol this, cholesterol that. And then they moved uh, Eisenhower's diet away from bacon and eggs, which he was used to, and they put on like all vegetables, like grapefruit, all the vegetable stuff like that. And within a no short period of time, uh, President Eisenhower he he passed away. And I'm not not saying it was just due to that, but there was a whole host of factors which led to that. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so that. So yeah. So yeah, I heard he had like six heart attacks. Yeah. And it, after but, but he it, stopped eating the meat. Exactly. And so. that proves that what you're just saying. Yeah. Is that it? Eventually, it's gonna do something to your heart. Heart yeah. attack. Yeah. Interesting I mean, correlation. Yeah. The cholesterols. Yeah. And the eggs are all good. Everything in the egg is good. It's natural. It's from the. It's from the animal. The animals from the earth. It's it's good for you. There's good cholesterol, bad cholesterol. It has all the great nutrients. And the good cholesterol that you need, you know. I mean, I mean, I mean. Like I said we can talk about this in detail later, but there's even evidence that the high-fat diet with with good fats is actually better for you than the low-fat, low, you know, diet. You know, even though it's been, you know, hit home like it's even it's even blasphemy to even talk about, you know, high-fat stuff. Everything is, you know, but you know, everything is low-fat, low cholesterol, low this, low that. But, you know, if that was true, okay, think about when that was started. Eisenhower in the 50s, whatever. Right. We, start, we started the whole cholesterol myth thing like that. If that were true, and they've been pushing this whole, you know, low cholesterol, low fat diet for the longest time, why is heart disease still the number one cause of death in the United States? It shouldn't have gone down all over. Yeah. The, but actually, right. it's gotten higher. And back, if you look at the statistics, back when people were eating the high fat stuff uh, during Eisenhower's time, heart disease wasn't that bad. It was when they started promoting the myth, and for the 50 years later to the to our day, heart disease is a, is a huge killer. It's still number one killer. They haven't decreased. It's actually increasing because of the new diet, quote quote. So why did they, what was the reason behind that cholesterol thing? Was it for Big Pharma? Yeah, yeah, there was a whole... It was yeah, Big, Pharma. Big Pharma. Yeah, so they can, they make, what, how many billion dollars a year in cholesterol medications? Yeah. And, and, it, and, it's, and, it's, and it's actually pretty bad because when you're watching these commercials about these cholesterol, it, uh, cholesterol medicines, it'll even say, like an asterisk, it'll say um, it's not intended to prevent heart disease or something. I've even seen that in the commercials, and I'm like, okay, then why are we taking it then? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what's the point of thing? And actually, the cholesterol medication is like really dangerous for the body because cholesterol is a very vital nutrient we have to, um, like, for memory. Yeah. If our memory for our hormones, our sex, our sex hormones, the male, male, female hormones. So people that take these cholesterol medications, one of the side, one, a few main side effects. One of them is um, you start to lose your memory. Oh my God! Yeah. And then we had an increase of dementia, dementia exactly. and Alzheimer's. And then why are why are why are we say men, men have low testosterone, low T, because of all the cholesterol lowering medication. Oh my gosh! Yeah, cholesterol is a precursor for testosterone for all these male hormones. It's a, it's a steroid, you know, like a hormone, you know. So uh, cholesterol is a precursor for all this, all this to be made, and and it also causes your muscles to cramp and so many side effects of cholesterol medications. And and there's no basis 
that cholesterol medication is is going to prevent any kind of heart disease. You know, there's really no basis for that. And so, um, uh, but again, like I said, this is not, you know, no advice here. Anything you hear, you hear here is not, a, 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 you know, a substitute for your doctor's advice. You know, we're just speaking our own opinions here. What you decide to do on your own, if you listen to this, is up to you and your doctor. That's, you know, but um, we're just... But you do suggest talking to your doctor about it if you are on high cholesterol. Yeah, and more more of a holistic doctor. you got to realize, too, oh, that yes. um, medical school these days is basically controlled by the pharmaceutical industry. So when you're in school, a medical school, all you're really taught are two things, drugs and surgery. You're not really taught... Um, <laughs> How to heal the proper the, the causes of disease? Yeah. You don't learn about the causes of the disease. Um, you just learn about the pathological signs of it. You don't learn uh, the you know the healthy diet. You don't, I mean what you don't you don't take anything for nutrition. It's just a one semester course, and it's a real real dried uh, dried out uh, watered down course. Nutrition teaches you nothing about nutrition. So I mean doctors are taught to push drugs and surgery. That's that's where the money is. That's yeah. where the money is. Yeah, and the pharmacy. And I, I don't, I mean, to give the doctors credit, I don't think that they realize it. It's just what they're taught. Yeah. And it's something yeah. that they have to accept or else they won't graduate. Exactly. And, 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 you know, any doctor will tell you the cost of medical school these days is astronomical. Yeah. To go to medical school. And this is after you get your bachelor's degree. You know, you have all your years of medical school and then residency. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Drugs and surgery definitely have their place in you know certain situations but um the problem is in our modern society we're using them for basically everything yeah so and and yeah. that's what's wonderful about chinese medicine because you're really going after the holistic approach yeah and of figuring medicine, out yeah chinese medicine was there at a time before we had all this big pharma stuff yeah we, we, we learned to use the herbs that were growing naturally in you know in nature to, to, to heal disease that's how it was back then wow yeah that's so important to realize that we're actually going back to nature. Yeah, yeah and, because, and because you can't patent natural medicines like herbs because they, they grow from the earth, right? You can't patent a vitamin or you can't patent an herb. Um, drug companies aren't going to invest in that. That's not where the money is. You can't patent it. Ah. So if you create an artificial drug, then you can patent it and make billions of dollars off of it. But the artificial is not always the best. <laughs> No, no, because there's all, cause the, the it's all synthetic. Yeah, there, there's always side effects with artificial stuff. Mm. No, where, yeah. So drugs today really are just treating the symptoms, and they're they're not curing. No, In, no, not not all cases. Yeah, because because the cure you don't that's where the money stops. Right. You got to keep keep it going. You know that's yeah. how it works. I mean, that's the sad reality of it. You know, and um, there's plenty of more people about me that speak out against that. The situation, but I'm just. Oh, kidding. I know, oh, I right. know, no, and you know, more and more people need to be reminded of this. You know, I even had um, um, a, a doctor come on who said that you will remain healthier if you never go to a doctor. <laughs> because no, no, that, that is partially true. Yeah, that is that is. Uh, I can see the truth in that. Yeah. Because once they diagnose you, they've got you on drugs, and those drugs are not going to help you. No, no, no. They just give tons of side effects. I mean, I mean, they may they may relieve your symptoms that you're having, you know, but it's not it might not necessarily cure what you have going on. So, David, what about Chinese medicine and the mental health? You know, I have a lot of clients that come to me that uh -huh. say that they're bipolar and they're depressive, and so, of course, they're on all these drugs that the doctors give them. Yeah. I mean, you've sent maybe four, five, six medicines yeah. trying to balance them off. What does Chinese medicine do for the um, brain? Well, first, I mean, if you see a qualified Chinese medical practitioner, they try to get you off all those drugs because all, that, all those chemicals in there are causing a chemical imbalance in your body, and that's what's causing your depression, you know, and, and, and um, two main things I tell people do not do, and they're probably going to do it anyway, one, do not smoke, because oh. that'll really mess you up, and then um, um, Americans love their coffee, but I'm a very anti-coffee person. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, coffee, um, it's great we're bringing this up now, coffee is very acidic to the body. Oh, yeah. So see? For yeah, for example... Um, if you're taking chemistry, and some people might have, but it's real simple. There's a pH scale in chemistry, yeah. and it goes from 0 to 14. Now, 0 to 6 is acid. Right. 7 is water. That's neutral. And then from 8 to 14 is basic. So 
Any, uh, our, our blood to be healthy, our blood should be like a 7.4. It should be a slightly basic towards the 8. That, that's a healthy blood pH. Now, when, um, when you have cancer cells, you have viruses, bacteria, all the bad stuff, they like to produce, I mean, they, they like to be, they like to thrive in an acidic environment. So, yeah. So when you do coffee, coffee is very acid to the body. That's, that's why tea is so good for the body because tea is slightly bitter. It, it produces alkalines in your body. It, it's an alkaline. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And coffee is hugely acidic to the body. And so um, when, you, when your blood becomes acid, it sets a great breeding ground for bacteria, viruses, and cancer cells to to thrive in your body. Yeah, that's true because yeah. they say if you have the right pH balance, you, you will not have cancer. It just can't grow in yes. a, a pH balanced body. Yeah. So they've, uh, and I'm a big proponent of baking soda, drinking baking soda. Um, yeah, you can drink baking soda, or I tell people instead of, instead, instead of coffee, switch to tea, green tea. Yes. Green and tea that's is very alkaline. It's very alkaline for the body. You know, and it'll do you more wonders, and it'll, it'll treat your body well, better, much better than coffee. I, I can tell you this. I mean, coffee is is 100% responsible for our acid reflux problems that we have in America. Mm. All this acid reflux, that's from coffee. Um, when acid reflux becomes a huge issue, eventually you get stomach cancer. That's from coffee, too. Wow. And then if your stomach cancer is supposedly res doesn't, it's not resolved, it eventually turns into pancreatic cancer. And, and you won't you won't see too many people survive from pancreatic cancer. That's, yeah. that's a pretty fatal disease. Yeah, yeah. So I tell people stay away from the coffee. You know, and, and if you notice, a lot of the bad things in the body, with exception of one thing, is acid. Like for example, when you breathe carbon dioxide, when we breathe out carbon dioxide, that's acidic. Our body doesn't want that acid in our body. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's an acidic product. Um, our um, our um, our the good stuff in our body is basic, like our saliva. It's it's alkaline. Our, the, 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 the moisture that keeps our eyes going, that's alkaline, you know, but our waste, like our urine, the carbon dioxide that we breathe out, most of the stuff that our body doesn't want is acid, has an acid pH to it. I'll be darned. Yeah. yeah. So when, so um, constipation, we had mentioned before in the um, previous segment we talked about. Right. So if you're constipated and you're not, you know, using the bathroom, your bowels aren't moving, all that acid is building up in your body and that's how you get colon cancer. Holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can, like you said, cancer for cancer to grow, there has to be an environment for the cancer to grow in. If you don't give it that environment, it's not really going to grow. So does chemo then make your body more as acidic? Mm, I wouldn't say, I don't know about acidic, but here's the thing. Chemo goes in and it selectively, well, I can't say selectively because it kills the good cells too. But it goes in and, it, and it, it's supposed to target the cancer cell and kill it. The problem is, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with that, um, scientifically speaking. But the problem is you're not, you're not, you're killing it and you're not taking the cause away. Right. You know. So let's say, for example, you're constipated. Okay. That's that's what's to me. That's what's causing the sort, the causing the buildup of acid in your body, causing the cancer to build up. Well, if I just go in and give you chemo or do surgery, or take part of your colon, is that really taking the source of the problem away? I mean, it's definitely, you know, mitigating it and taking the problem away, but it's not taking the source of the problem away. So it's, it's going to come back. It could come back. Yeah, that's why a lot of cancers can, can go in remission and then come back again because you didn't, you didn't solve the body's original problem. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, so, con so constipation is huge. And one of the six criteria of health is you should have a bowel movement once a day. That means your body is eliminating a lot of stuff that, that, that yesterday because what you eliminate today is what you were eating yesterday or before. You know, so a proper urination and bowel movement, especially the bowel movement, is huge. So it prevents the acid buildup from backing up in your body. I mean, imagine, imagine if you, you, you never took the garbage out in your house. It just built up in your house. What would your house turn into? A big garbage dump. Right. You know, so just as we take the garbage out once a week or twice a week, we need to have, we, our bodies need a bowel movement at least once a day for it to, you know, relieve itself of all the toxins in you know, itself. So is there a way that <clears throat> that we can see it, how balanced our body is with the pH? How do we do that? How do we... You really, you, it, 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 you really can't. And the way, and I just tell you, we, we, we go back to the six criteria of health again. If you're meeting all those six criteria, it's pretty safe to say your, your pH is pretty good. Okay. Pretty, pretty, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
so the um, so now for the constipation and everything would that go into the cold hands and feet oh, remind us again what that um cold hands and feet is more to me uh, I guess it could be part of it but cold hands and feet to me it originates with the heart not getting enough nutrients which right. I call an animal protein but it's not getting enough of that and it's not getting that getting the nutrients so it's not able to produce the heat the heart's not beating more, more power sorry the, the heart is not beating powerful enough to generate the heat okay to go to the hands and at the same time the heart has to pump the extra heat down to the small intestine downwards the small intestine and give energy and heat to the small intestine which warms your your legs and feet up okay know? so um i mean constipation could be an indirect cause but um uh, i guess you could say it is if you're constipated things are backed up um it can even go back to the heart it's not letting the heart pr uh, pump it downwards you know because it's so backed up you know so i guess you can look at it that way and once it's once you go go to the bathroom and everything's flowing properly, then that heat can be transmitted to the right areas of the body. Yeah. So yeah, it constipation is huge. I mean, it can originate, cause a lot of other diseases that we aren't even aware of. Okay. So, but that's, but we know it has to do with our heart and small intestine if we have hot and cold feet. Is yeah. there another sign if we have constipation to tell us another part of the body? No. Um, oh, yeah. Sometimes um, uh, a woman's period, menstrual cycle, if they're constipated, that could be a problem too. It's not, it's not, it's not flowing right. And so once the constipation is relieved, um, the, the menstrual cycle flows right too. And so cause here's a problem with a lot of women because a lot of women they, they try to go vegan. I think there's more. There's, I, I would. I want to say that there's a lot more women vegan than men. I want to say that. I can't probably. prove it, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And probably. So that's why you see a lot of women have menstrual cycle problems because. The coldness, and also too, this goes into what we're saying. Sometimes too cold, like like for for example, if I put you in a freezer and I and I and you're so cold, what are you what are you gonna do? You're gonna roll into a ball and not move, right? Right. So if the body gets too cold, cold hands and feet. That can also cause the small the the, the the colon to get very cold too. And when it's too cold, just like when we're gonna be in a freezer, we're not gonna move. The food's not gonna move. The excess waste will just stay still. Oh. So being being too cold can result in constipation also. Oh. Yeah. So when I said the cold hands and feet, that means your heart and your small intestine are hot. That means everything is going to work properly. Because if it's too cold, that those are too cold. And if you look at the, the anatomy textbook, the large intestine wraps around the small intestine. Right. When the small intestine is too cold, there's no heat to generate off to the large intestine for movement to occur. So when we get hot, what do we do? We run around, right? As you start to heat up, you want to move around, and that's how you generate heat, right? Yeah. So if, if, if it's getting hot, then it moves the large intestine to move the excess waste out of the body. Interesting. And I discovered when I get cold too, when I breathe really deeply uh -huh. and take deep breaths, I start war warming up. Yes, I don't cause, know. Because there's movement. There's movement. There's movement. movement. So yeah. you're moving all the chi. <laughs> yes. Yes. The chi. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. This is fascinating stuff. So what other things um, uh, can you tell us? today well you, you, you want to go over some of the emails that we got from yeah our, our readers here um let me see one of them okay. they're fascinating got a lot of great okay. ones yeah one of them okay this guy is from his, his name is Lee Chi he's from Malaysia and like I said we just found out he, he doesn't really speak English he uses Google Translate so I guess whatever he typed in Malaysian is being translated into um English so it's not very doesn't flow very good so he said, let's see. Um, let's see. My name is Lee. I'm Malaysian Chinese. I've read a couple of books about the law of attraction. And two days ago, I came across your book on Google, purchased it, and finished it within one and a half days. I really love it. <laughs> you make it so simple, easy to understand. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you allow me, I want to ask you some questions. It's like this. As I mentioned before, I read a couple of books and started to manifest the things I desired two months ago, which is money. Anyway, I, I want to... I'm currently 34. I want to manifest a lot of money before I'm 30. When I turn 38, um, I don't want to visualize too many things at one time. Just money because money I can buy a house, car, and still do a lot of other things. Okay, so now here's the question: Do I have to put a deadline to my manifestation? Uh, the late Napoleon Hill and Earl Nightingale both said that we should, or otherwise, it's just a dream. And how do I visualize that? You say Ooh. five million. In Malaysia, whatever, the, how much money that is. 
I've never seen that much money in front of my eyes. I'm just a mechanic with lower than average income. I'm confused. So I hope you can teach me what to do or how to do it. I look very forward to hearing from you. Okay. Wow, what a great question. <laughs> okay, first things first. And I hopefully our listeners, if you haven't read the book yet, you need to read the book because I had some people uh, start to email me all these questions. I'm like, well, have you read that book yet? Uh, no. So <laughs> if you never read the book, there's really no point in me telling you all this because now it's not going to make sense to you until you read the book. So right. As, as this person did, he did. So um, first things first, he said, do I have to put a deadline to my manifestation? This is a really common question. And again, depending on which law of attraction expert you talk to, there's going to be a different answer. Well, let me tell you my answer based on my understanding and, and what I write in my book, okay? So here's the thing. I think in our, in our daily life, you know, when you're working on regular jobs, yeah, your, your, your boss says to you, okay, I want you to do this report for me or I want this project done, and here's the deadline for it. Boom, boom, boom. So by this deadline, you have to have it done, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. This is the way it works in the real world, and, and this is the way we have to have it in the real world. Otherwise, nothing will get accomplished, right? But in the law of attraction world, or the universe is the one you're asking your, you know, your desire to. I don't like to call it a deadline. There's no real deadline. Because I think it was one of the chapters in my book, I talk about the de detachment and the uncertainty principle. So when, you have the de when you're detached and you're using the uncertainty principle of quantum physics, you can't really know, when you're, when you're, when you're asking the universe what you want, you can't know how it's going to come to you, and you don't know when it's going to come to you. Mm -hmm. And when you try to think about how or when it's going to come to you, then you're actually negating the process. Mm. You know, so in the law of attraction, where I tell people, don't put a deadline on something. Just feel good about it. Feel like you have it already, but there really is no deadline. And if you try to put a deadline to it, what happens is you start to build attachment. Oh, yeah. Because think about it. If, if let's say I, I put a deadline, I say, okay, within a month, I'm going to manifest this much money. Well, when it comes to day 28 and I haven't seen that money yet, what am I naturally going to do? I'm naturally going to think, whoa, 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 maybe, maybe this process isn't working. Maybe this process, you know, isn't happening to me. So and then, you, then you start to build attachment. Well, I can't live without this money. I have to have this money. I have to have this. Or I have to have. Then, as we know, attachment is what causes your desire to disappear or not come to you. Because the universe is, you're, you're, when, you, when, you, when you're attached, you're basically telling the universe, I don't trust what you're doing for me. I don't trust that's going to happen. You know, and, and we, we we've been in situations. Let's let's say you're doing something, some uh, you're doing a deed for somebody, and you know, and you feel like they don't trust you. Well, you don't you don't do as good of a job, or you can't feel you do as good of a job when that person doesn't trust what you're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like in sports. Like like my coach puts me out on the floor to do to play that sport, and, and I know my coach and me are arguing, and he doesn't believe in what I'm going to do. I won't perform as well as if I knew my coach had my back. Uh -huh. Right. Or same with kids and parents. If I know, if a kid knows that their parents are behind them and confident with them, they're going to they're gonna perform better. They're going to do better, right? When they're right. on the floor, you know, doing the performance. Whereas they know that they didn't have confidence in them, they wouldn't do as well. A lot of it's mental, right? So when you get attached to something, and th again, this is by putting a deadline. If you, if, you, if you put a deadline on something and towards the time limit, if it's not coming to you, you're nat we, we will naturally build attachment to it. So when you build attachment to it, it tells the universe, well, I don't trust you. I just don't trust you're going to get it to me. And what's the universe going to do? Well, if you don't trust me, then I can't bring it to you. Yep. Because th there's so many different ways the universe can bring you what you want versus what the way you think about how you can bring it. So if you want this new car, you think, about the only way you, you think in your mind there's only one way to bring this to you. But the universe has a lot of different ways that you, you aren't aware of that it can bring it to you. So by being attached, you put yourself attached to one way it can bring it to you. You, you give out the universe uh, message, the message that you don't trust it. So then the universe won't bring it to you. So, um, Lee, if you're listening here, and I, know, and I know English is in your first language, but if you're listening, don't put a deadline to something like that. Yeah, Just yeah. Don't, don't do it. Just trust the universe. It'll, and sometimes we know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's a given fact, depending on how big your manifestation is or what you want to manifest, some of these things can take years. You know, like, like if you want to become a doctor, you can't just go to school for one day and become a doctor right. or 30 days. It takes years to become a doctor or, or, or a pilot or anything like that. So a lot of these manifestations can take a long time, so you can't put a deadline to it. 
Yeah, I've always noticed that my manifestations, well, before, they always took like two years, but there were big ones. Yeah. But it was two years, and after that two-year period, it seemed like they came really fast. Yeah. But it's not instantaneous. No. But although I will say that nowadays it appears that it's speeding up a little bit more. Well, because it, you're faster. You're probably because you're good at doing what you know, you've so much, so much <laughs> practice doing it now. That yeah, that could be. That could yeah. be. Yeah. And then. Uh, uh, besides, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the second question he was saying is, how do I visualize that? Five millions in Malaysia. Well, I don't know. Yeah, that is that. a good question, David. Yeah, I don't know what the equivalent of that, how much money that is in U.S. dollars, but let, let's just say, for example, it's five million U.S. dollars, right? Okay. So I tell people first, try to slow down and try, and then especially if you're not making that much money, try to visualize something that's within your range. And in the book, I talk about it. Don't go to like five million. Maybe go to like five thousand or ten thousand. You gotta, you know, it's like. If you're learning to walk, you can't just run yet. You have to take baby steps first to learn to walk before you can run. And so, yeah. So you do it in small spurts Spur and then allow them to accumulate into yeah. that so that you're getting familiar with the feeling it, of having that money. Exactly. So he's telling me, he, he's saying here, how do I visualize that $5 million? I've never seen that much money in front of my eyes. Well, if you've never seen that much money in front of you, it's not likely that when you visualize or try to think about that five million, you're going to believe you can actually get that kind of money. Right. That's just human nature. But what if I tell you five thousand? Well, then that might or five hundred, five thousand. That might be more believable to you, and your subconscious goes with what you believe in. So if you're just visualizing the five million, but you're thinking to yourself, "Well, I can't really get that right now," well, then that's not going to happen. Right. So. Um, so to start off small. Start off small. And let it accumulate. Let Don't it go out and spend it all. Just let it accumulate. Yes. And and <laughs> there's certain other. I mean, on the show, I talk talk to people about you know the, li the listeners. The law of attraction isn't like the single law that controls everything, even though it might be. There's so many other laws that have to work in conjunction with it. Right. So, for example, let's say you say, oh, I want. You get to the point where you say, oh, I want the five million. I want five million, whatever. That's great. But there are certain actions you have to take to make that kind of money, Real, realistically. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not just your average law of attraction guy. Tell you, listen, go, go, think about five million, and eventually five million is going to come rolling in your doorstep. <laughs> That's not how the law of attraction works. Let's let's be more realistic about it. So, for example, you want five million. Okay, there's 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 business techniques along with the law of attraction that have to right. happen. So, for example, if if Lee, you're just a mechanic, right? Maybe maybe you want to think about being the boss of the business one day, instead of just the mechanic at the business. So you work your way up, you you save enough money. Eventually, you buy your own store, you buy your own mechanic shop, and then eventually, you branch out. You say, okay, I have all this money, and then you have to create more shops that can make more money for you. That you know, because because five million is just impossible with one shop. You have to have multiple. That, 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 that's where that's how Starbucks originated. That's where, that's where all these chains come from. You go to Tires Plus or you go to Jiffy Lube, all these places that do your, do your stuff. Someone thought about the idea to, and then franchised it so they can make that kind of money. Because right. just one store, one person can't make that much. You have to have a lot of stores and a lot of people working for you to generate that kind of money. Right. But at the same time, you still need the law of attraction to help you to go in that direction, to, to allow those situations to manifest for you, to create those situations. Yeah, but yeah. David, so are you saying you have to have some kind of business sense too? It's not just about wanting, but you have to kind of use like an inner guidance to yes. make smart decisions. decisions. Exactly. Because I know people who come crying to me, I just can't catch a break. And yes. it's like, well, have you used your brain at all? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, no, I, I keep on imagining. I keep on doing, and I'm going, but you, what kind of action steps? Are they logical action steps that yeah. are going to land you? Yeah. Like, for instance, perhaps Lee could be fixing cars on the side, and perhaps he could be buying cars and then selling cars. Something, There's something a, of the sort, yeah. The, he could still keep his job and his security, but he can make more money by buying cars and then reselling them. Yes, yes. And he so, could be end up being the largest uh, uh, car dealership in Taiwan. 
or Malaysia. That's where Malaysia. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, I mean, there's so many. But, but again, it's like what you said. You have to take smart action. You know, you can't just take your money and throw it somewhere without really researching in detail what's going on. Right. So, for example, let me give you one example where it's not going to work out. So, for example, um, one of my wife's uh, friends, she decided to go invest in a restaurant with one of her friends, another friend. So they each put a hundred hundred thousand into it. But you know, the the one my wife's friend, her mom was never behind that at the beginning. She never consulted with somebody before doing that, throwing the money uh, in there. Ooh. And so, um, you know, with any restaurant business, we know restaurant businesses are tough businesses to make money in. You know, there, there, there's the old saying: in order to make a large fortune in the restaurant business, I mean, I'm sorry, a small fortune in the restaurant business, you have to first start out with a large one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard from a restaurant guy. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So um, now, now she's kind of regretting it, but you already put your money into it, so it's not too late. Yeah. You know, so you really got to, you really, um, before you put your money into any kind of business, you really have to research it thoroughly. Exactly, and, 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 and that's using your brain. And it's like I know this one person who started a manufacturing company, yeah. right? Yeah. But he didn't know if his product could sell, so he put all this money into yeah, manufacturing, yeah. and it turned out his product didn't sell. Yeah. So it takes a couple little steps to figure out before you you have to use logic, you yep. have to use business sense, and and you have to and bottom line your beliefs do factor into it. Your can I do this? But yes. that's where your trust and your detachment come in. Yes, and then and then um, I you know here's here's a golden uh, word of wisdom. You know I want to tell listeners if you're gonna do anything like uh, go into business. Or write a book or do anything. This is a this is um this is worth its price on gold right here. And what mm -hmm. you need to do is and it's so simple to do, but it can save you all the headache in the world. Before you embark on that business, before you embark on that product you're trying to do or whatever, do a little research, really, a simple research, that's all necessary. Do your research and check out if there's a demand oh, yes. for what, what you're trying to do. Yes. So, so so like you said with that product you're talking about, did that person research anything? Was there a demand for what he was trying to sell? Most likely not. He didn't do any research. Like, like when I was publishing my book, I, w I was at my publisher's office, and at that time when I was just starting my my publishing um, endeavor, the real beginning stages, I was at my publisher's office, and there was a book laying there that he was doing for somebody else, and it said the book's name was How to Memorize the Bible. And so, and so I went to the publisher. I said, Well, uh, I don't really know this guy. I mean, if you don't mind telling me, I mean, has this book really sold? He goes, No. I'm like, did this guy even do any research beforehand to know if anybody, if anybody was really interested in memorizing the Bible? He goes, no. He goes, and fact <laughs> of the matter is, no one really wants to memorize the Bible. <laughs> so the guy put all this money into publishing this book without even doing a simple research of asking people, you know, do, is there a demand for people that want to memorize the Bible? And what's so crazy is, there's so many business. That, that's why they say 90. What's the old statistic? What 90% of small businesses fail within the first year. Because so many people come up with these great ideas, and it, it might be a great idea, and it might could be, but if there's no demand for it, if no one wants it, then there's no point in investing the money to make it or build it or do something with it. And right. It, and it happens every single day. It's, it's amazing how many people don't grasp the concept. They think, oh, if I build it, if I publish the book, if I build the product, they're going to come. Unfortunately, in the real world, that's not the way it works. I mean, you can have a shoddy product that people just love, and you're going to do well with it. And unfortunately, you can have this great product, but if no one really wants it and doesn't yeah. for it, you're not going to make money. That's the sad truth of reality of, of what's going on and of the world, how the world works. So, you know, if you listen to this and you're trying to get into use the law of attraction to start a business or money or, I mean, or a book, right, right, do something, do a simple research first. Do some simple research first. Just look around, ask around, check the Internet. Is there a demand, a true, true, I mean, be Brutally honest with yourself. Is there a true demand for right. what I'm trying to do? And if there is, then you can make something out of it. If there isn't, don't waste your hard-earned money investing in it. You're absolutely right. And talk about authors. I, of course, am exposed to a lot of authors and self-published authors. Mm -hmm. And they think that they can use just the law of attraction to make them into a bestseller. They uh -huh. don't put the work into it. Yeah. So it's called, like you're saying, you have to find the need, which during the Depression, there were the more millionaires were made 
more than any other time in history. And it's because people discovered the need in which they could fulfill. And so they knew that there was need and desire for that particular item. That's why they became millionaires. That is the golden nugget, David. You're yeah. right. That yeah. is the most important thing. You've got to have the law of attraction, but you got to use your common sense. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't lose your common sense. And 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 um, one thing again, there's not, there's nothing against going for higher education, but one thing I've noticed that people that have gotten too much like schooling, that like oh I got two masters, a PhD, um, blah 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 blah, you know, have all this like, you know, uh, uh, degrees in school. Some people when they do too much school, they they're so logical. They 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 they, they learn so much science or you know business and they get too logical that they lose sight of common sense. Right. You, you lose that common sense that we used to have before you had all this education. So I tell people, go to school, it's great. You, know, you guys have this education, it's great. But don't lose sight of your common sense. Right. You know, don't lose that common sense. And, and while we're on the subject of what I just talked about, how you have to, before you start a business, you better find that there's a, there's a need for your service or product before you actually do it. Okay. If you're a young person, listen to this, or your parent with a child going to college, same concept. Before you invest thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in college on a degree, you better do a little research and make sure that there's a demand for that degree, that knowledge that you're going to be learning oh before boy. you spend all that and go to college and graduate four years later and don't have any job lined up. That happens oh. a lot these days. People take out loans and and they come out of school and they, you know and again nothing nothing against you know some majors, but some of these majors that kids go in, I don't want to mention them here on, on the air, but <laughs> when, when they come out, there's no there's no jobs for it. Yeah. And we know those professions are all over Yahoo anyway. They can, they can Google those or Yahoo those. You know, <laughs> there's always the 10 worst professions. I'm telling you, they're true. Some of those you spend all this money to learn, but there's no demand for it when you get out. So you're in the hole for all this money now, you know, student loan-wise, but you have no way of paying it back. Yes. And, 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 the, and the common sense visualization is, is there a demand for what I'm trying right. to do? Is, it, is, right. there, is, there, is there a market for what I'm trying to do? You know, there's a question from a Charles in Sydney, Australia. Oh, yes. Okay. So, Charles, I know you're listening because you emailed me earlier, said you can't dial in, but you really want to be here, but you can't. So our, I know our, our time difference makes it difficult, you know, for you to come on the show. So it says, uh, hi, David and Jules. I cannot dial in, but I have an email question. That's okay. From your talks, I understand that it's not what we say but more of what we feel when we ask for something. I also understand that I can feel from my ego or from my heart, and when I ask and feel it in my heart, it comes to fruition. My question is, mm. how can I move from seeking my ego, that is to say material needs, to my heart feeling, so it is more in tune with uh, the law of attraction? Wow. Okay, let me see if I understand the question here. My okay, Charles, based on what you're asking me, what I understand, um, in my book, I don't know if you've read the book yet, so um, he might have just heard our show. He probably didn't read the book because in the book I do talk about this. Mm -hmm. So, Charles, if you haven't read the book yet, I definitely encourage you to read the book. And it's called Total Law of Attraction. You can get it anywhere, anywhere Amazon, your iPhone, uh, your Android phone. But um, based on what I talk about in my book, if you I – mean, any, anything that you are trying to manifest, you have to have a true heart's desire for it, like a really true desire for it. And so if you don't have a true heart's desire for it, it's most likely not gonna, you're, you're most likely not going to be able to manifest it because to produce that heart feeling, that, that really strong emotional feeling so the universe can be in tune with you, you have to have a really strong feeling for it, and that's a true heart's desire. So with like a, a real half desire or not a really true heart's desire, you're not going to put that much emotion behind it. But if it's a true heart's desire, you can, that's how you're going to go from your material to your heart because now it's so it's, you want it so badly that you know you're willing to do anything to get it pretty much so you have that kind of feeling that you have to produce in your heart so that's how you tune yourself in with the universe you know is to put a true strong emotional um, a sincere strong emotional feeling behind it and you can't do that if it's something you don't really really care for really really want i see and it, wow it just shows you a wide range of, of people come you know that read the yeah. book or, or heard the show. I mean, the one guy we just had was from Malaysia, and this guy is from Sydney, Australia. So um, my book and your show really, uh, you know, seems to reach a wide, wide audience. And, and, you know, we're just getting more every time we, we you know, we have the show. I know. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I do enjoy talking with you. It's like, oh, wow, like-mindedness is, is just 
Oh, it just feels so good. So I hope, uh, and I know the listeners are enjoying this too because we are uh, getting some great replies. And we are all out of time. So David, thank you again. Thank you all, you wonderful listeners. And we'll be back next month. Come and join us or send us your questions. We'll be glad to have David answer them over the air. So thank you very much, David. Thank you so much, Jules. We'll look forward to speaking again. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.